Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with and laugh. I think we have to have some fun along the way, don't we? Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host of the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, if you have any commercial real estate questions or if you have comments about the show, we do appreciate hearing from you. Our phone number is 888-612-SHOW. Our email is info at com, Or you can reach us through your favorite social media. You'll find them all at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we have a very informative show for you. I'm excited about this show. Our topic is commercial real estate training. If you're an asset manager or if you own, lease, or manage real estate, this show will have some great leasing and marketing tips, including some valuable takeaways. If you're in the sales industry in, in any capacity, or especially if you're a commercial agent or broker, you're in for a real treat. Uh, please welcome Mike Lipsy to the show. Mike Lipsy, president of Lipsy Company, is nationally and internationally recognized as the leader in training and consulting for the commercial real estate industry. Mike, thanks for joining us on the Commercial Real Estate Show. Michael, my pleasure. Thank you for spending some time with us. I have to start with a recommendation. You know, we've attended Mike's events. We've we've utilized his CD training, and uh, we've actually had him in our office uh, training. And I've engaged him for consulting. We've always been real pleased. So, Mike, thanks for all that you do. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, Mike, let's start there. You know, what types of clients do you work with uh, around around the world? Well, we only do commercial real estate, and we do it around the globe. Our clients are, if you look at a pie chart, 50% 50 would be commercial brokers are in the service side. So those would be uh, tenant reps, landlord reps, investment sale, asset managers, property managers, that group, 50%. I'd say about another 30% would be the owners, maybe even 35%. We do work for almost all the REITs, office, retail, industrial. We do a tremendous amount of work for the institutions. And we do a good bit of work for local and regional developers. Okay. And then the the balance, call that 15-20%. Would be corporate real estate, Glaxo, Smith Klein, Medtronic. Particularly, we work with their facilities. Uh, you know, how can they improve the service with those that occupy space, maybe in a corporate headquarters, something of that sort. Okay. And what are the various ways that your training is available? Well, it's interesting. I mean, if you asked me that question ten years ago, I had to get on a plane and fly to London and spend two days working with the British Airport Authority. Right. Uh, today, if you go to our website today, it is amazing, even to me. So much of our training is downloadable. For example, we go to the University of Virginia and Pepperdine every year, and we film four days, and then we edit that into downloadable. So today, a broker can download how to conduct the perfect tour. They can download how to negotiate a tenant rep uh, uh, if they're representing a tenant. They can, how do I uh, represent my landlords? And they can watch it from their iPad from Starbucks. <laughs> and then second... We have had tremendous success for many years now with what we call Lipsy TV, which is really an HD broadcast to your office, to your iPad, to your conference room, and we do training that way. And then, of course, the third is what we've done traditionally for many years. I go to Los Angeles. I spend a day with a firm. I train their brokers on a particular topic. So we're really doing it three ways. The recording, which is downloadable HD, and second, of course, in our Lipsy uh, TV, and then third, Third, of course, would be 
uh, on site. Right. And I'm at your website right now, ellipsyco.com, and you can see all the various ways this information is available, and there's some uh, free access to some things there that uh, listeners ought to check out. Well, Mike, I want to ask you about leasing office space. Uh, you know, many landlords and, and landlord reps have had a tough time leasing office space in a lot of markets. Uh, what are some best practices and takeaways for leasing office space? Well, leasing from uh, office space is interesting. It's first, price it properly. <laughs> uh, a, a dear friend of mine, Tom Bakke, who is just retiring from Blackstone EOP, he ran their leasing for many, many years. And then a young MBA, the three of us got together, and we developed a pricing tool called Bakke Lipsy which is available. So for any of your listeners that want it, they can contact us. And not only have we done it for office, we've done it for office retail industrial. So we show you where you get your best comps, which typically is a website called 10kwizard.com. You load the most recent comps that have just taken place in your marketplace. Then you walk the space. What's the view, one through five? What's the layout? What's the condition of the space? What's the proximity of the elevator? And then you press calculate. And it's not worth $35 if the math tells you it's $28.15. Right. And you will lease the space more efficiently if you price it properly. Second, the next way to lease office space is give the user a variety of documents. Not one lease fits all users. So now you should have at least three lease documents for each prospect. What we call the franchise agreement, what we call the service agreement, and then your traditional 35-page lease with rules and regs. So those are two of the things that you can do. And then the third is, and we've talked about this earlier, make sure you have the best-in-class tour when a prospect comes to your space. For some of our clients, we now have what we call the Silver Gold Platinum Tour, which is what are you going to do for this prospect that it will make it memorable? So those are the three first things that we point out either to the owner or to the landlord rep that they should put in place to make sure they lease more space. Well, those are great tips, Mike. And, and back to the pricing, and, and you're talking about pricing even different floors, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If, let's say, for example, uh, I'm on a floor that has a fabulous view of the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. there's a premium. But let's say I'm in the same building, I'm on the ground floor, and it looks into the parking garage. You can't quote the same rent. And that's what a lot of landlords do is they say, well, I'll quote $40 a square foot, and then we'll let the negotiating process get to the value of the space. But what happens is someone comes into that ground floor space, they turn their nose up to it and says, I have no interest in $40. Had you priced it at twenty five fifteen, the prospect says, I see the distinction between the space that looks at the Pacific and the space that looks in the parking garage. And I want this address, but I want it for $15 a square foot less. Bang, they do a deal. That makes a lot of sense. And what about tours? How can, uh, what are some quick tips and takeaways on better tours? Well, that's a great question. For one of our great clients in Southern California, the Irvine Company, we help them develop what we call the Silver Gold Platinum Tour. And for each one, a different amount is invested. It could be a welcome sign. It could be a reserved parking sign for the tenant rep. It could be refreshments. It could be a gift card that the prospect gets with the logo of the owner, the landlord rep that's representing the property that they give to the prospect to get them back to the location. So there's a variety of things that we can do. Can I tell you a quick story? Sure. This is going to take one minute. Uh, Equity Office is showing space in uh, Atlanta, uh, and they knew Cushman Wakefield was going to be the tenant rep, and they knew that Adidas Corporate Real Estate Executive was going to be the one on the tour. So what do they do? They have a reserved parking sign for Cushman Wakefield. Can you imagine how that makes the tenant rep feel? But they knew it was the Corporate Real Estate Executive from Adidas looking at the space. So they're walking up to the building and here waiting for the tenant rep broker and the Corporate Real Estate Executive 
is the property manager, the landlord rep, the building engineer, everyone that touches the building, all wearing Adidas tennis shoes. <laughs> I like it. They look at the corporate real estate executive and they say, first, got to tell you, we love your products. And second, we would love to have you in this building. That's the beginning of a memorable tour. Because I can tell you, when that tenant rep broker took that corporate real estate executive back to there or wherever they came from, that corporate real estate executive didn't say, now, which building was the EOP building? <laughs> right. That's what we're looking for on the tours. We don't want you setting the scene that this is a commodity, and the whole discussion is going to be about present value. We want you to set the scene. We want you to set the theatrics, and we want you to sell effectively. We have a fabulous eight-step process that we implement, and the, and the process begins with an open probing question. Give me exactly the compass heading that you have as it relates to what you're looking for when you tour this building. And then that way you can customize your remarks based upon what you heard from the prospect. So I get a little wound up when we get to how to conduct a tour because this is the at-bat. Right. If we don't master this, Michael, we're going we're gonna to miss a lot of opportunities. And it's a big place for improvement. I know as a tenant rep and as a tenant, uh, you know, I've been disappointed with about 8 out of 10 landlord reps with the way the process went. Well, as a matter of fact, there's another landlord that we work with in Atlanta that has a property in Austin, Texas, and they found out that it was a law firm that was going to do the tour, and they made sure there was refreshments and a welcome sign. And if I'm not mistaken, the tenor rep in that case was studly, tough, tough tenor rep, does a great job for their clients. And the tenor rep whispers in the landlord rep, you've done yourself a lot of good. We appreciate the effort. I've never met a tenor rep that doesn't appreciate the refreshments, the reserve parking sign holding the elevator, the fragrance. You follow what I'm saying? Right. You know, they want to make sure that this space looks good. They want to say, I did a good job selecting this building, and here is a demonstration. This landlord wants you in this property. Well, that's great advice. And we're short on the break, Mike, but what's some other takeaways for landlords and landlord reps to uh, have a great showing? Well, one is to to have a relationship with the tenant rep. Mm -hmm. Pay the tenant rep promptly. Uh, Don't, you know jerk them around when it comes to documentation of did the prospect register the user with the landlord rep. Uh, we have a couple of landlords that will hand deliver a check the day the lease is signed. Right. So that's what the tenant rep, here's what the tenant rep wants. The tenant rep wants to know that they're, they're going to be protected. The negotiation isn't going to be, you know, an arduous, you know, six-month process, and you're going to pay me promptly. So that's one of the things that landlords need to get is treat the tenant rep as if they're the prospect also. 90% of most office leases are being done with tenant reps involved. The landlord needs to get over it. Yeah. And you know what? I don't blame the user. They need the representation. They do. Those are good points. Uh, you know, the, the the landlords, we've had some REITs on the show, and they say, look, we try to pay immediately, make sure that everyone knows they're going to be paid, and we're going to move quickly through the process. Those are great tips. Well, we have to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll have more intel from Mike Lipsy and the Lipsy Company. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Commercial Real Estate Show podcast are brought to you commercial-free by accounting firm Babish, Neiman, Kornman, and Johnson. Quality, responsiveness, and integrity best describe their accounting and advisory services. Visit bnkj.com. And by commercial brokerage firm Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. 
If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate subjects or property sectors, check out our show podcast. Last week, we focused on social media for business. And the week before, we covered ways to increase cash flows and reduce taxes utilizing 1031 exchange, cost segregation, and self-directed IRAs. You can hear these shows and other recent shows while they're still available on iTunes and in the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today our topic is commercial real estate training. My guest is Mike Lipsy with the Lipsy Company. Uh, Mike, you know, in a slow uh, growth job market like we have now, tenant reps have had a much more competitive landscape for business development. Uh, what are some tips for uh, tenant reps to secure assignments? Well, first, let me say, over the last three years, we've had literally hundreds, if not thousands, of landlord reps come up to me and say, Mike, I want to start doing more tenant rep, okay? Mm-hmm. In the same three years, I've not had one tenant rep come up to me and say, Mike, I want to start doing more landlord <laughs> rep. So we, yeah. we have seen just hordes of brokers move to the tenant rep side. And I don't blame them because sometimes there's less work, there's more fees. I mean, there could be a lot of reasons to make that move, all right? All right. But here's what we suggest. What target market are you going to go after? The uh, U.S. Department of Labor uh, has created this fabulous, you know, kind of research that they've done. They have identified between now and the year 2018 kind of three important kind of uh, uh, topics. One, in the next, I guess it would be the next six years, what will be the SIC codes, the targets, that will increase by the greatest number of employees? Well, logic tells you if those groups are, you know, increasing by the greatest number of employees, they're going to need more space. Second, which groups will increase by the greatest amount in wages, all right? That's Mm -hmm. a good group, too, because they can pay more rent. Third, they do it by state. Michael, you won't believe this website, all right? It's like Nirvana. (laughs) So we went there and said, all right, let's take a look. Well, one is home health care, okay? So home health care is going to have fabulous growth, particularly where I live in the state of Florida. So you go into Google and you put in home health care. Before you even put in the whole home health care, the association pops up, all right? Mm-hmm. So now guess what I do? I now take my inexpensive program called List Grabber, and I grab every member that's associated with home health care in the state of Florida. I can do that in about 20 minutes, all right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm a tenant rep broker. I join the local association. It's a huge association. I'm the only tenant rep broker that is an associate member in that association. Right. I feel like a one-eyed dog in a meat shop. <laughs> so now after three or four months, I go up to them and I say, I've put together what those in home health care need to know about commercial real estate. They say, would you like to be our luncheon speaker next month? So in six months, I become the walking, talking authority for home health care in the state of Florida. I'm doing a ton of business, you know, as a tenant rep broker. That's what we want tenant reps to do, is to identify what will be the growth markets. And I agree, in many sectors, there has been slow growth. But in many sectors to come between now and the year 2018, 2020, there will be many SICs, a number of target markets that are going to have fabulous growth. Let me get, give you another example. We do a tremendous amount of work for Baptist Healthcare, Catholic Healthcare, uh, Healthcare Realty. Several years ago, I asked them, how many of your prospects came by the way of tenant rep brokers? They said, not that many. Hmm. You ask the question today, they say, Mike, it's almost half. Well, some enterprising office tenant rep broker two years ago sat back and said, you know what? I think I'm going after health care mm-hmm. because so many were doing deals direct. Can you imagine all those practices negotiating directly with the landlord? I bet you they were abused in that negotiation. <laughs> 
So now this tremendous opportunity, and now I even have brokers that hand me their business, business card, and it says healthcare group. So there will be a number of emerging uh, industries that will have tremendous growth. And the research has been done on which ones will be growing. But you need to follow the logical best practice of which one do I have a real interest in? How do I build the database? How deep is that going to be? How do I get connected with the people in the database? How do I become the authority within that group? You follow what I'm saying? There's a logical way that a tenant rep should approach it. But the tenant rep that does attorneys on Mondays and accountants on Tuesdays and dentists on Wednesdays, that, that's tough sledding. Right. Because each, because each group has a nuance as to the, the way the lease should be negotiated, right? right? And so I'm not saying that's not a good approach. I'm just suggesting as part of your plan in 2012, what is going to be a growth industry that is underserved that you have a real interest in participating in their growth? That's great advice. And, and let's say that you've done that, and now you're in a bake-off. Uh, what are some takeaways to help a tenant rep get an assignment in a bake-off with a couple other competitors? Well, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And we have a wonderful course. Should I, can I say that about my own course? Absolutely. We have a wonderful course. We, <laughs> yes. And they really are three courses. One is for tenant reps, one's for landlord rep, one's for investment sales. In every one of them, you're going to find that in the third step of a winning presentation, which is called the approach, you must give the prospect a measurable difference. So in tenant rep, we use a tool called I-RRR, Industry Rent to Revenue Ratio, where you demonstrate we're going to negotiate a lease for you that mathematically will fit within your P&L for the next five years. The single biggest mistake made by tenant reps is they go out and negotiate a great market lease for the prospect, but the prospect does not have any idea. What is the context to my business? Mm-hmm. That's the number one mistake made by terms. They go out and get multiple proposals. They create the auction among all the landlords. The economics come back in. Between the tenant rep and the prospect, they decide on the building. But there is no way that you can measure that deal relative to what this business is going to do economically the next five years. So what we do is we start off with understand the industry, understand the prospect, understand their P&L, and understand where their top-line revenue is going to be for the next five years build a you know sort of a cost program for this prospect and said now when i start getting building proposals you'll have something to compare them to but right now only one out of 110 reps gives this sort of template this context before you start showing building so that's what you need to demonstrate in the presentation when we show you this building and you have an interest and we solicit a proposal we're going to do our economic analysis, but then we're going to compare it to our plan that we put together before we put you in the car. That's great advice. You have to understand the client's business and know how it's going to affect them, right? Well, not only affect them from proximity to employment pools and to customers and transportation, but how is it going to affect them economically? Right. I mean, here's my case. Over the last three years, we have seen literally, if not hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of blend and extends. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of reasons those have happened, but one reason is tenant rep brokers put users into space they could not ultimately afford. Right. And so what they did is they did not give them a parachute. They just put them into a deal, the free rent burned off, and all of a sudden the user said, man, I'm not doing enough business to afford this space. Right, and if they're paying more rent than their competitors, they've got an issue, right? And that's the punchline. They yeah. are paying more than their competitors because the tenant rep was not mindful of what are the competitors paying. And then now I know that, let's say, uh, 5.5% of the top line of your competition is going to cost of occupancy. 
tell me what your forecast top line is going to be. I'll multiply the times 5.5%, and now I've got an indicator of what you can afford for the next five years. But that math was never done. Right. Right. Well, uh, Mike, that's great advice, and we sure appreciate your time today. And uh, how can uh, people reach you? Your website is uh, what, uh, lipsyco.com? They can get there a couple ways. They can go to mikelipsy.com, or they can get there by lipsyco, L-I-P-S-E-Y-C-O.com. And something that you mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, we have three e-books that are complimentary. One is on service delivery. It's perfect for property managers, asset managers. We have one which is called System success, which is perfect for those in brokerage and leasing. Uh, and then the third, one of my favorites, is where I have fictitiously a tenant rep broker meeting Robert E. Lee. Uh, <laughs> and it was my only experience of writing a book that was outside of commercial real estate, but being a huge Lee fan, I put the two together. Those three books are like e-books now. All you got to do is click them, and they'll download right to your PC or right to your iPad. Okay. Well, great. Mike, thanks for being on the show with us today. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. If you'd like more information from Mike Lipsy and the Lipsy Company, Mike's contact information and websites will always be available for you at commercialrealestateshow.com. If you appreciate the show, reach out to our sponsors and thank them. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Commercial Real Estate Show podcast are brought to you commercial-free by accounting firm Babish, Neiman, Kornman, and Johnson. Quality, responsiveness, and integrity best describe their accounting and advisory services. Visit bnkj.com. And by commercial brokerage firm Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like more great commercial real estate information, you're invited to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, email, Google Plus, and the show blog. You can find them all at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. I laugh because there's just so many ways that uh, we can all stay connected these days. Just pick your favorite. Well, our topic today is commercial real estate training. My next guest is Bob McComb. Bob is owner of Top Dogs Commercial Real Estate Training. Bob is an author, a speaker, and a great trainer. His webinars and DVD training systems are exceptional. I can tell you we've used them for years and highly recommend them. Bob McComb, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Michael, and thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. Well, thank you. And, and Bob, first of all, what types of training uh, do you offer there at Top Dogs? Well, we, we like to think of the Top Dogs program as being a map to the treasure. Map so I actually to the have a question for your listeners. Is if someone handed you a map to a place called Success in Commercial Real Estate, would you follow it? <laughs> so, follow for the new it. <laughs> so for our new agents, our fast track program is a really a step by step system that helps them build a solid value proposition. And then our second level program is how to run with the big dogs, and that's our next level program. That works for all agents, no matter how long they've been in the business. Okay, so you have the DVDs, and what other types of trainings? Uh, how else can they access it? Well, uh, the other way is uh, through our Jumpstart webinar series, and that's available on our website at tdogs.com. And what I've done there is I've focused on uh, three basic topics that most commercial real estate agents need to improve on, time management, prospecting, and lead generation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, those are key points. And let's talk about the ways that agents can be more productive. It's been a tough market in a lot of areas and a lot of sectors for commercial agents. Uh, what can they do to increase productivity in, at this time? Well, 
I think that most people need to be a little bit more account focused and a little less focused on the deal du jour, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And to do that, they need to just develop some strategies to move towards better, higher lifetime value accounts. And in some cases, they may need to dump listings that are just not going to move. Additionally, I think that they can create more effective marketing plans, but not marketing property better, but marketing themselves better because they're the X factor for their business. And they need to know who their ideal client is and really do a rifle shot marketing to those people. Another strategy that I've been promoting this year is the idea of taking five swings at new business development every single day. Because if you took a very sharp ax and you went out and you took five swings at a tree every single day, no matter how big that tree is, eventually it's going to come down. So one strategy is to create a good list of swings that you can take at new business development. Keep it on your desk and pack them on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a great point. And talk to us about time management. I think that's a key issue for brokers. They can waste so much time without trying, uh, looking at their email and things like that. What are some tips there, Bob? Well, the number one thing, I think, in time management is to learn how to track your time a little bit and make sure you understand the concept of golden hours. For people who do apartments, their, their hours are a little bit outside the business uh, normal business hours. But for office, industrial, and retail brokers, you're lucky if you get in 1,850 hours during the course of a year. So if you take what you want to make, plus your splits, your overhead, whatever you have, and divide that, your goal, economic goal, and all your costs, and divide that by 1,880, 1,850, that's how much you have to value your time per hour. And then you need to ask yourself the fundamental question is what I'm doing right now going to produce that result? This gives you a mental frame around the picture of how you need to spend your time. And by tracking your time, you can identify indirectly productive tasks that need to be automated, outsourced, or delegated to other people and get that mentality that you're like a doctor who goes from client to client to client delivering services. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, time management is such a key issue. Well, Bob, what about uh, new agents that may be listening to the show uh, or agents that just uh, need to kickstart their uh, business a little bit? What are some tips for uh, those guys and, and those ladies? Well, first and foremost, you must develop a mentality that I have to learn before I earn. I've got to have a value proposition to bring to the clients. In commercial real estate, our clients know the industry. If you don't know the language of the business and the right questions to ask and how to clearly define your roles as an agent for people, if you don't know the market, if you haven't put together your resource team, you don't have a value proposition. So people are going to look at you and say, nice guy, too green, can't use him. You've got to get that part handled. The second tip I give them is once you got that handled, spend less time in the dugout. In fact, I stopped calling the office the office a long time ago. I referred to it as the dugout because it's the right metaphor. I like it. Not going to hit from there. And then work on creating a fundamental game plan. But, and for the newest agent, show them you got fire in your belly. People will hire people who are on fire. When I was a brand new agent in downtown San Francisco, I think that's the number one thing I had going for me. People knew I was out to make it. Right. If you're not excited about your business and your service, no one else is going to be, right? I agree. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a short break. In just a minute, we'll get more commercial real estate training tips from Bob McComb. I'm Michael Bull, and you're listening to the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. (music) 
Commercial Real Estate Show podcast are brought to you commercial-free by accounting firm Babish, Neiman, Kornman, and Johnson. Quality, responsiveness, and integrity best describe their accounting and advisory services. Visit bnkj.com. And by commercial brokerage firm Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some incredible shows coming up in the next few months, including fourth quarter market updates for each of the major property sectors. We also have a show coming up on Twitter for Business. If you'd like to know about upcoming show topics, you're invited to sign up for a weekly email announcing the show topics, and you can follow the show on any of the major social media sites. You can find them all at CommercialRealEstateShow.com. Well, today our topic is commercial real estate training. My guest is Bob McComb with Top Dogs Commercial Real Estate Training. Uh, Bob, it seems like uh, it takes new agents a long time to succeed. Uh, what are some uh, tips and ideas for new or experienced agents who may be struggling and uh, trying to uh, improve their practice? Well, there are a handful that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, if they're struggling, most of the time it's because they've taken too long to develop real expertise. As I alluded to earlier, if people think you're too green, they're not going to use you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they often think about property instead of thinking about the people behind the property and what people need. And so it's a people business, even though it, it's obviously dealing in property. And I'd say another reason that they tend to struggle is that the way they're brought into the business is come on in, the water's fine, we'll get you going on a few deals, and they literally become bone catchers, and they're never really taught how to generate their own business. So they're taught how to get through a deal, how to meet with a client, but not the lead generation aspect of the business. So um, I think that's one of the biggest ones. Another reason they struggle is they don't actually systematize their business in three key areas. Every business has a lead generation component, a lead conversion component, and a services delivery component. And all three of those need to be systematized so that you can be like that doctor that goes from client to client to client delivering services. Another reason is they stop growing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and on that subject, we tend to lie to ourselves about that. Uh, and, and we keep some standards that are sometimes just a little too low, and we stay at that lower plateau sort of settling for what we uh, settling on our dreams and, and letting those go. Right. Yeah. You've got to be excited about improving all the time. And and tell us about your analogy uh, on the job site in the tools. I I, I like that uh, part of your training. Oh well. Uh, uh, thanks for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. But before I got into commercial real estate, I owned a construction company, and one of the things that I had is I had young people, young men who would come to the job to work on the job site, and I had to give them gloves and a shovel to get any work out of them. I paid them at the lowest level. And then at the next level, I had some people who could show up and they could do some of the rough carpentry and the framing and form work for concrete, et cetera. And they brought some tools to the job and I paid them at the middle level. And when the project was approaching its end stage, we would have the finishing trim people come in. They bring a truckload of tools and the skills to use them. And I paid them at the highest level. And I think that's just a great metaphor for how to think about investing in the tools and the skills necessary to be successful in commercial real estate. If you don't have a good toolbox, I think you're in trouble. Right. That's a good point. You've got to invest in yourself. You're your best investment, right? 
Well, it's a human capital business, Michael, yeah. and you are the capital in your business. So the question you have to ask yourself is, what's your most valuable asset? Your most valuable asset is your capacity to earn. That's what throws off the cash flow in your life. And the question you need to ask yourself is, my best asset appreciating or depreciating? If you're not growing, if, you, if you're suffering from arrested development, you've got a problem. Right. You know, you need the training and you need the all the tools to, to do your job. I was at uh, lunch uh, a few weeks ago and a couple of brokers found out who it was and they came up and asked me about things. They hadn't made money in a couple of years and I asked them, uh, they've been in the business three years. I said, well, what kind of training do you have at your office? And uh, they said, well, the, the boss just said, if I ever need any help, just come in and see him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, that'll work. Yeah. So you, you've got to do the, do the training. Well, what are, are some of the other uh, things that you see uh, that top performers are doing uh, that to mediocre or non-performers are not? So I, I think in that subject, the, what the top people do is they see commercial real estate as a business, mm-hmm. not as just a sales career. And there's a huge difference because when you see it as a business, you're going to develop effective plans to run a business because we have a name for businesses that don't have a plan. We call them failures. (laughs) But if you just think of it as a sales career, right, then it's just, oh, I just need a few leads from the company and put me in, coach, I'm ready to play. And that's not really going to ever get you to the next level. And again, I think it's the vision that I'm going to set up, whether I'm in a company or I have my own company, I'm going to set up a microorganism that is my business. My business has those components of lead generation, lead conversion, services delivery. And I look and say, what parts do I have to do and what parts can be automated, outsourced, and delegated? But without looking at it as a business first and creating effective plans for doing that, essentially you'll always be at a plateau uh, probably below where you hope to be. Right. Those are good points. Uh, you know, I think uh, commercial brokerage uh, houses don't put in ads in the paper for jobs, but I think if you did, you want to put in a business opportunities, not in help wanted, right? I think that would be correct. Yeah. Well, Bob, can you tell us some other tips for business generation? We're short on the break, but what are some quick tips for business generation? Well, uh, for business generation, I would say learn how to develop at least six ways that you attract business to you. Most people are stuck in, I'm going to hunt down my next meal and convince it to jump on a plate modality. They do some prospecting when they have time. They do some lightweight networking. Uh, They live off a few bones from the company, and they catch a few referrals, and they think that's going to be okay. What you really need is multiple ways to get people to raise their hand and say, I need you over here because I see you as the leading expert, and I need your services now. This is one of the most efficient ways that you can work in the business. So you've got to shift to that robust lead generation. It's got to be on a calendar. It's got to be budgeted. And, of course, obviously that predicates that it has a plan. Okay. And I want to ask you some more about these actual six ways. We have to take a short break. If you appreciate the show, reach out and say hello to us. We'll be back with Bob McComb in just a moment. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Commercial Real Estate Show podcast are brought to you commercial free by accounting firm Babish, Neiman, Kornman, and Johnson. Quality, responsiveness, and integrity best describe their accounting and advisory services. Visit bnkj.com. And by commercial brokerage firm Bull Realty. 
When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today, our topic is commercial real estate training. My guest is Bob McComb with Top Dogs Commercial Real Estate Training. Bob, you talked about the six ways of uh, business generation. Uh, tell us about those a little bit. Well, I, we don't necessarily give you just these specific six in our Top Dogs program. In fact, I have a list of 68 different ways that a commercial real estate agent can market themselves in commercial real estate. And if your listeners want to send me an email to bob at macomb.com, I'll send them that list. So uh, be happy to do that. Thank but you. What I alluded to earlier was that you've got most people do a little bit of prospecting, do a little bit of networking. They get a few bones from the company and they get a few referrals. But you can literally set up systems for, for example, referral business. Most people don't have a systemized attack for how to get referrals from past clients. That would be one of the six ways you'd want to do that. Another way would be to uh, set up a leads group of service providers that feed you information about what's going on in the marketplace and get you that market intelligence about what's going on in a particular marketplace. That's one of the, the strategies we teach in how to run with the big dogs in commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, for me, I like PR and journalism because those always position me as the leading expert for this segment of the marketplace. And PR and journalism are very low-cost uh, types of things that you can get done. There's lots of places you can outsource the writing if you're not a writer um, and, and get that done, get freelance writers to do that kind of work for you, so I like that. Another thing I, I would do today, I, I haven't been brokering for a few years, but I only train, but one of the things I would do for sure is I would be conducting lots of educational programs using online strategies. Uh, so I would look at doing uh, webinars for my ideal client. Again, that's a smaller group of people that rifle shot into the market. But anything that you do that educates and informs people is what gets people excited about working with you and it positions you as the leading expert. And if the content is timeless, they're going to keep it for a long time so it sticks around a long time. So in creating your, your marketing methods, I really recommend people pick things that position them as the expert and have stickiness. They stick around for a long time. Okay. And let's talk about tenant rep assignments. I mean, tenants uh, really get benefit from tenant reps, but what are some ways tenant reps can get them to sign on the dotted line to help them? Well, this is something that I, I really love to teach, Michael, and I teach it in, in the Top Dogs program, How to Run with the Big Dogs in Commercial Real Estate, and also in our Fast Track program. Because I believe that most people don't get the exclusive because they use the wrong approach. And the approach that they use is I'm going to convince you that I am God's gift to brokerage and there's <laughs> nobody better than me. Right. And this is a very flawed approach because, first of all, it invites the competition in. And secondly, you're selling. And that demotes, you're not promoting. Nobody wants to be sold to. So here's a better strategy. It's a system I call diagnose, prescribe, Subscribe. Subscribing meaning we're going to get that exclusive at the end. So learn to ask all the right questions and develop a great needs analysis when you meet with people and just simply say, the way I work with people is I spend the time to really understand what they need and get that needs analysis done. When you finish the needs analysis, have the tenant rep process broken down into steps. So in our programs, we teach it in eight steps. 
the reason was that that's exactly how I secured my tenor reps. I said, the steps in the process to get you, Mr. Client, or Mrs. Client, where you want to go are these. Here's what I'll be doing in each one of those steps. And then I'll put that on a timeline to them. And then the last step, they say, well, what's the next step, Bob? I go, well, the next step is we execute this agreement and I go to work. And I explain to them that I'll be spending my time to get all this done, predicated there being a transaction done, so I need their loyalty. Right. And I get them to sign. Very, very simple procedure. But if you're selling, people's sales resistance is going up. You're diagnosing and prescribing and subscribing. All of a sudden, all that goes away. You get that exclusive on the very first meeting. That's great. And you have some great training on on get it tenant wrap assignments. And, Bob, thanks so much for joining us today. We sure appreciate your insight. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and I look forward to helping your agents in the future uh, with our programs, and I know that you've been using them for a long time, and uh, I do appreciate your support. Thank you, Bob. If you'd like more from Bob McComb and Top Dogs Commercial Real Estate Training, their website and contact information is available at commercialrealestateshow.com. Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. I promise another informative show. Thanks for spending some time with us. I'm Michael Bull. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show.